Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Today is day 43, since we've been social distancing, staying at home if we can, and day seven of this podcast. I think many of us are feeling lonely, frightened. I'll speak for myself. There are times when I feel lonely and frightened. What we're living through now may set off memories or feelings about other difficult times. Who do we turn to when the whole world is suffering? My guest today is one of this country's most beloved and respected spiritual leaders, Rabbi David Engber. David, thank you so much for joining me on The Way We Live Now. Great to be with you, Danny. I keep thinking about the way that we can't visit one another. And as I was getting ready to call you, my mind was pulled back to a couple of visits that you and I had last summer when my husband, Michael, was very sick with cancer. And I remember walking through Central Park from the hospital to your apartment, all the way across Manhattan. And we we visited, and it was such a comfort. Mm. Would you invite us all into your home now for a virtual visit? Like, where where are you (laughs) sitting? What are you looking at? What's going on? Who's with you? It's so funny. As I was deciding where to sit for this call in the last minutes, I naturally gravitated back towards the place that you and I had sat together, mm. which is in the corner of our living room in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. It's kind of, there are windows that are facing the Hudson River um, and there's the general expanse. We're on the top floor of our building and so we can see all the way uh, down the West Side Highway now and see the what is usually a very busy highway that is kind of you know, one or two cars at a time, and you can see New Jersey off in the distance, and and I can see a lot of clouds. So I'm looking at a bird now in flight. It's rather quiet now for the moment. My uh, youngest son, or who was almost four, is sleeping in in the baby carriage, and uh, my other two sons are are with my wife. So we're 
at a relatively quiet time now we are in Ingraholm, and so we want to welcome you and everyone else <laughs> who's ever, who's walked from uh, whoever wherever you've walked from, so to speak, to mm. be with us. How is it to be a spiritual leader during this time? I've thought so much about that question and what it must feel like, and I imagine that you are surrounded by your congregants and people who are questioning this moment and how it can possibly have come to pass. Yeah, our community now, thank God, over the last 14 years has grown and we have uh, you know, well over a thousand members in this community and then beyond it, the places that I've taught over the last decade and a half. And there's no shortage of people that I feel are part of my inner circle um, or my, I guess, my inner community as well as my physical community. So I'm, I'm getting questions from everywhere. and. I think the first thing that appears to a spiritual leader, let's say, in my position, there are a lot of different kinds of spiritual leaders, but in my particular position, uh, very much what you just said, the, the sense of a pastoral presence and the importance to to try to frame for people what's happening as well as meet them where they are and offer support. You know, obviously, it's a very challenging time. That's an understatement. And and the general sense for me is how do I how do I support people? at this moment without giving simplistic and overly Pollyannish spiritual advice. I think that the first the first rule of, of our spiritual vocation, of our calling, is to be to be with, but notwithstanding the limits on what being with means right now, but being with means both being with them in presence, but also being with them in sometimes despair and hopelessness and a sense of futility and a sense of a major sense of anxiety around what's what's coming around the corner. And and I think often when people think of religion or spirituality, they think of answers. But I think that more often than not, great spiritual teachers and great spiritual devotees, people who are really on the path, as it were, we learn, I think, to be with questions, to be with uncertainties, to be with not knowing in a way that is not always very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And certainly now more than, you know, I can't imagine a better time you know, in this moment to think of how much we don't know and how much the wrong kinds of answers make more suffering than even the questions themselves. And so I try to, try to be with the questions in a way and to be with the people where they are. And at the same time, balance that with a, with sometimes, and, you know, a real deep sense of hope and a deep sense of, of we're going to make it through this together. And, and so I think that's really what's the challenge here is how do you balance both naming what's true in the moment and at the same time, holding out a vision for what might yet come when people are really, really freaking out about about that. Like, you know, what, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, it's reminding me of this moment, probably about 10 years ago, where I was doing an event with Rabbi Laura Geller uh, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it was at her congregation, and she and I were on stage along with Sylvia Borstein. And there was this moment that, Rabbi Geller was speaking, and so I was looking out at the audience and listening to her. And she said, the God of our childhoods fails us. Mm. And I remember it struck me so hard because I was looking out at her congregants, and what I saw on their faces was relief. Mm-hmm. You know, relief that their rabbi would say such a thing. What you just said just reminded me of that so much because the living in the questions and the being you know, it's bringing me right back to sitting on that sofa with you. You didn't tell me everything was going to be okay. You didn't have that download. <laughs> you didn't right. have that information. <laughs> you know, you right. didn't have a crystal ball. No. But you you held 
my fear and anxiety and sorrow and grief in this space. And, you know, one of the things that's been striking me lately is that never before, certainly not in my lifetime or in, in, in memory, have we all been in this together. Mm. Like there's no one in the world who's not in this. Right. Can you hear that siren? I don't know if that's being picked up. There's a siren yeah. in New York City and sirens don't stop, you know. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that from all of the people that I talk to in the city is that that's the sound now. You know, there's no, none of the usual honking and none of the usual, usual right. bustle, but just these sounds of these lonely sirens. Yeah. And then, and then there's this other siren that goes out at seven o'clock every night here in the city, the siren of people leaning out of their windows each and every night here in, in the city and around, I think, in, in all the boroughs. There's a, has become the custom here, the minhag, the custom is that at seven o'clock there's a there's a cheer that rises up for all of the health workers and others who are on the front lines. And it and it it's, it's pretty remarkable actually to hear both of those. Mm. The absolute sense of uh, the abyss of what how this is reaching into every corner and every socioeconomic and neighborhood and you name it, everyone is being touched in some way by the first siren. And there's also this equal force that rises up that is equally universal equally i mean it's not just new york right just you know its expression is new york but it's this power of the people to say we are we can meet this fear with with the power of our love the fear is real and so is the love and i think that you know again i'm very as you know and and you're the same way with this like we, we we never try to make lemonade too soon right you have to be really careful about about the ways that we're learning lessons you know especially in the midst of it but one of the things that certainly is happening, and it's not happening, quote unquote, because, but it's happening in spite of all the, all the ways that people are still, you still see kind of the, the ego and people grasping for their thing and countries saying me first. But that's not the, the predominant voice here. The predominant voice is, is a global recognition that we are all in this together and that as we rise, we all rise. And as we fall, we all fall. And that mm-hmm. that that powerful spiritual message is something that um, that has long been needed and been and been you know been spoken to. But at this moment, we're seeing it across the globe, across this the way that the global issue of the environmental crisis, also the climate crisis, was was also a part of what we were trying to have everybody recognize. But here, in a way, this is striking a much more immediate chord with people's recognition that we are all. Right. No one is immune to this, but at the same time, we are all globally connected mm. to be right, responding in that way. It's, mm-hmm. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it really is. What are your own practices that you can turn to in a moment like this? How are you taking care of yourself when you're also holding space for so many other people? So I think that the first rule for me um, that I'd like to you know, tell your listeners and and I remind myself of this and, and others every day is that the notion of, of that, that oxygen mask metaphor, you know, that uh, when you, before you put the oxygen mask on of the child or, or the one next to you, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. That holds true, you know, whether it's in parenting or in, or, you know, relationships. The most important thing that we can do is self-regulate at this moment. And by that, I mean uh, what, exactly what you're asking. The practice is to bring us back to the capacity to be with ourselves, with our fears, with our strengths, with whatever this moment is 
is bringing forth. So for me, it's meditation, it's silence. Um, it's deep breathing, right? Standing on my feet and breathing into my, my body from head to toe and, and allowing myself to fully exhale our nervous system, right? And the practices of our spiritual traditions are trying to in some way regulate our, our, our nervous system, even as fear right, moves through the body, even as anger or despair, whatever it might be, whatever feeling comes over us. So the first thing I do is I, I try to center myself many, many times a day through breath, through prayer, through uh, silence and meditation. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two is connection, right? Connection uh, through speaking to friends and partners and, you know, other human beings, even if we can't be with them physically, we can, we can co-regulate with them. Part of what we do is when we share with our friends and we reach out is that we help ourselves co-regulate. Sometimes that happens through social media. Often it doesn't because social media can actually exacerbate uh, some of our of our of our fearful places. But social media can be useful, and so can just uh, picking up a phone and calling somebody and connecting with them and saying, "I'm really just needed to connect." Mm. So those are two like core core pieces of uh, of this. And the third piece is is that I tell people. And this, by the way, a lot of this work comes from a parenting coach named Laura Markham. I can't, I can't suggest Laura Markham enough. Uh, her, her website, Aha Parenting, is remarkable. Hmm. And some of her, and, and I always tell people the deepest Torah that I teach in the world, I learned from my kids and I learned about being a parent and how we connect with our children. Because ostensibly, as we grow into adulthood, we're also still taking care of children. <laughs> they happen to be internal to us. <laughs> and, uh, and the way that we parent our external children, if you have them or grandchildren, whomever it is, is also the way that we relate to the inner child or the place in us, the levels of awareness in us that sometimes uh, drop in and out of being an adult, right? And so the third piece of, of, of this work of self-regulate and then connect uh, is to to coach, not coerce or control. And I really, really take that to heart each and every day that mm. um, when, I, when I speak to myself or my kids, that controlling them or coercing them, right? It seems like it works in the short term, but it doesn't mm. in the long term. And so coaching ourselves means adopting a voice and speaking to ourselves from a place of compassion and speaking to others from a place of support. Right. So something along the lines of how do we coach ourselves through the day to get through the day? How might we find a voice that would be the voice of the best coach that we ever had, the best teacher that we ever had? It wouldn't be full of uh, controlling or coercion, but more. um, How can I support you? How can I help you? How can I uh, hold this with you? How can I get you to the place you need to go? A, A different voice. And if we can cultivate those three places, I think. On a daily level, we are able to hold more and be with more, be with ourselves and be with others mm-hmm. more. That's such valuable, impactful advice for the many, 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 many people who are out there listening, who are at home with young kids, at home with grown kids, at home with elderly parents, at home in difficult situations, difficult marriages, difficult family relationships, all sorts of things. I find myself thinking so often about all the people for whom this is not just about staying home, but about staying home in really trying circumstances. And, you know, it strikes me what you said about, you know, the centering yourself many, many times a day. I feel like that's something I want to underscore because I think sometimes people think, well, I've 
I, I meditated in the morning or I've done this, so I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> right. And, right. you know, I've, I've said to my son, Jacob, since he was small, you can always start your day over again. You can always start. Uh, it can be the minute before you go uh, to sleep at night and you can still be starting your day over again. And, and that's something I think that we all, with our nervous system so shot and our, you know, just the difficulty of navigating this kind of unimaginable time, we have to remember that we can do that again and again and again. As, you know, I get, love it so much. Yeah. I love that piece of advice. Like the, you know, all in all of our traditions, but I know in my own tradition, in the Jewish tradition, there was once a Rebbe named Rav Nachman. You know who Rav Nachman was. You heard of Rav Nachman. Sure. He was a great Hasidic Rebbe. And he used to say to his his students, you can start over a thousand times a day. Start again. Mm. Start again. Mm. And, so and I think that what you just said is so beautiful. Yeah. It's true. Like no matter how bad it's been or no matter how difficult it is, start from scratch, mm-hmm. pause, take a deep breath, center yourself and come from a place of compassion and slow things down. Right? The nervous system that's on fire wants to go fast, fast, fast. And it's, you know, slow it down. Even in your home, like, you know, we think everything has come to a crawl, but you can be in your home. And running from one thing to another that distracts you um, and then just get revved up and, and start, you know, start slowing down from that place and, and check in and then start again. I love mm, that. Mm. I love that. Well, this is, this is such a beautiful and such a useful and such a true conversation, David. I'm so grateful to you. And I mean, in a, in a, in a personal way and in a, on behalf of everybody who's listening to this conversation today. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for your work and everything you're helping out in the world and through everything you do. Thank you. All right. Be well. You too. Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here, and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. 
How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts